Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the Earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! <laughs> Boy, you are not ready. Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. All right, well, let's get started here with episode 16 of the Current Gen Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm here with Derek and Dan. What's up, dudes? What's up? It's getting woke up in here. It's, it super is. You know, it's been a little while since we've chatted. We did an early recording last week in order to cover all the Sony conference reaction. And the plan was to record again before The Last of Us 2 hit so we could wrap up our book club. We're actually going to wrap that up this episode uh, just because schedules and mostly Tim uh, made it difficult. You know, him and his family vacation his family vacation and all that stuff. But how was your vacation? Vacation was amazing. We uh rented a cabin at a really low rate from some friends in the area who were like, Listen, we'll give it to you for this much per night. We're like, Are you serious? So it's a it was a really nice three bedroom, two bathroom with the, this like finished basement with all these bunk beds where the kids nice. could all sleep nice. with hammocks and stuff down there. So all the big kids slept down there. My wife and I with the two littles uh took the took the upstairs rooms. It was yeah. really, really nice. Beautiful view. It's not like a, a water getaway. A lot of people ask, like, so where, where do you do the swimming? You don't. Like, you'd have to drive quite a ways to get to the nearest. I mean, like, you're in the middle lake. of the country, so. Yeah. I mean, there's some public lakes you can drive to. Um, sure. But we didn't do that. We just did the the hiking and exploring and enjoying the scenery type thing. Nice. Um, it was really awesome. Yeah, nice. it was really, really great. So, so were there any people in the hills? There were. There were? Okay. Yeah, but they were just like us. They're visiting and okay, and, and obnoxiously loud. Like they they warned us when we went there that it's bear country. That's a lot of black bears up there. Ooh. Um, so where we live in Colorado, it's already we're already at like six thousand five hundred or so uh, elevation. So oh, where yeah. we currently live, we're are we that's where we live, mm. and this place was just under ten thousand. So we actually did go up, but it's like this really cool plateau, and then there's like hundreds of ranches, like all that you can see like field after field it's like this big giant flat area and then you've got mountains that kind of ring around it it's really cool and so we were our cabin was on a small hill kind of in that plateau area so you could see the mountains in the distance but we had all these binoculars with us and we could like see all the there was bison and horses and cows and stuff and all these ranches around us Sounds it was pretty just, epic it was pretty sweet. It, it sounds like sweet. some Red Dead stuff. That's what it was definitely like. a little Red Dead Redemption vibe to it as you come over the certain this one hill all of a sudden the mountain mountainous and winding roads that you've been on all of a sudden flatten out it becomes really bizarre because you know you're way up high in the air and yet it's just like this flat open range it's really crazy it's pretty but cool anyway we had a lot of fun no wi-fi we have very spotty cell connection every once in a while we could connect and do a little bit here and there but for the most part we were offline which was nice yeah and i'll talk about it in a little bit but i got to play some switch which i hadn't been playing for a little while because i've been so deep into some other games but listen we're going to talk about a few other games that we're playing we're going to get into the final section of the original the last of us game go through our book club essentially spoiler cast conversation for that game but before we do that we got to talk about the only thing that anyone cares about right now it's not about tim's vacation it's not about Derek's shoulders it's not even no. about dan what background dan has for this podcast it's not about any of those things sure it is about the last of us part two which is now available 
many of you listening to this might already be close to the end. Um, some of you, like me, maybe just got started towards the end of the weekend and you're pretty early on. But we wanted to give you our impressions so far uh, on this thing. We will keep it spoiler free, so don't worry. We're going to kick this off with this discussion and purposefully not reveal any major story or character elements of what happens, so you don't have to worry about that. We just want to give you our thoughts on the game itself. We'll talk about like uh, overall thoughts on visuals, the new gameplay stuff they've added, and then if we have any kind of gripes, things we don't like about the game so far. But we'll keep it pretty vague for you. So, um, Derek, let me start with you, man. What are you thinking so far about The Last of Us Part Two? Uh, okay, so I'm I'm just so people know I'm 20 hours in. Uh, so I should probably have it wrapped up. I'm off tomorrow, so I should probably have it wrapped up, wrapped up, wrapped up tomorrow. Wrap it up. Um, so as I've shared before, I was unlike not... your sentence. Am I right, guys? Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, so I was not that excited for The Last of Us Two until we did our little book club where I jumped back into The Last of Us. Um, mainly because of the leaks. Again, I didn't go and read them um, purposely. I had no context. Of course, I would see memes or I'd see people talking about things, but I had nothing confirmed, nothing like that. But all I kept hearing was SJW, SJW, which that's a turn off to me. I don't want something forced down my throat. So going into it, he said, yeah. Well, she actually wants it forced down. Her throat. Okay, that's you, girl. Um, but anyway, so I didn't go into it extremely hype until I played The Last of Us. And then it was kind of like a reminder. It was my sixth playthrough. Hey, I really love this series, like, gameplay-wise. It's not just for me. It's not just story. It's not about just characters. Of course, all that stuff really, really matters. But I really like I like the, the gameplay. So that being said, going and jumping into The Last of Us 2, I did watch some reviews of it some previews like i really was starting to build the hype and when i actually uh jumped in friday evening it uh not only lived up to the hype i started to create um but it also in my opinion surpassed it and i can say that 20 hours in and i've done all 20 hours in the last two and a half days so because we're recording on sunday so I've spent a lot of time with it. In fact, that's pretty much what, what my Father's Day weekend has been, is just, hey, everybody, go do your thing. Let Dad play this game. For Father's Day, I'd like my gift to be you all to leave. <laughs> everybody At one out. Point, I did get a little rude and say that. Like, my wife came out. I'm like, why are you out here? Like, you see me trying to play the game. <laughs> you and the kids, get out. Um, you all came in and said, happy Father's Day, and I'm not happy. So what the hell? <laughs> So go. They had like custom made cards and a cake for you. You're like, no, <laughs> no. So uh, the point is, is so far, uh, gameplay wise, graphics, world, tone. I even said this in my post. I think it was today. Yeah, this morning. Um, that they nailed everything. Now, again, we're not going to get into spoilers, and I can't wait till we do get into spoilers because there is a lot of weirdness about this game like again before the game was even launched with the the leaks and everything like that but also and you guys probably are aware all the reviews that were done um nobody could talk about anything after the 12 hour mark which is around about the halfway mark and a lot of people are like well 
they were trying to justify it because they're like, well, you know, nobody wants the end of the game spoiled, but this is a 25-hour game, so that's not the end of the game. That's the entire second half. So now that I've played it, I'm like, oh, I totally get why they're doing this. It makes sense. Um, and that was the part I was most worried about. I was like, are they obviously have done something that's pissed a lot of people off of the story. They don't want anybody talking about it. They're trying to hide it. And now that I've gotten there and I've played probably about seven or eight hours into the change or whatever it is, uh, I like it. Like nothing's changed. So the only way I would say I don't don't like this game or it's not my game of the year, it, right now it's clearly game of the year for me, is if the ending is complete trash. Hmm. Which doesn't um, sound like that's the case. I feel like if you already didn't like it, you would also hate the ending. I can't elaborate without spoiling. And since no, I got I'm you. not the type that uh, wants to even, because I'm the type that like I read into what you're saying. So even when you're like, I'm not spoiling it, and then you talk <laughs> about something sure. else, but you're yeah. also leaving the door open. I don't want to do that because yeah. honestly, the the way the game is set up, and this is the most I'll say, the way it's set up, and you'll see once you get where I'm at you can spoil it by just even being vague. So I, I don't want to talk about anything. Yeah. No, I got it, you. I was just responding to your comment about, I hope it, uh, they land the ending. From what I can tell, the folks who didn't like this game, they didn't like it right away from start, <laughs> and then from start to finish. And they've got their personal gripes, and whether they're valid yeah. or not, whatever. Um, but the folks I who loved it, which is a vast majority of people love it, they also said, holy cow, the ending's great too. So I don't think you, if yeah. you love it this much now, I don't think you got anything to worry about for the ending of this game. Let's just so. say this. They've already done some crazy crap. Yeah. And if you're beyond like three oh, yeah. or four hours into the game, then you've seen some crazy crap, yeah. like some, <laughs> sure some emotional stuff. Daniel and I joke around all the time because Dan likes to cry about everything, and I don't I do. get emotional. I do like to cry. Yes. It's a hobby. Of but mine. this is the first – this is why I would, I would be willing to say if we nail this ending – this is probably going to end up being my number one franchise, or if that's what you can call it now that it has two games. Because I am actually um, emotionally invested in a lot of these characters. Yeah. Not saying I love them. There's some of them that I'm like, they're still annoying. But I I, <laughs> I feel like I've been on this long ride with them. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and every game, well, I should say, these two games, they're extremely emotional. And I'm not talking about, like, you broke my heart. I'm talking about, like, they're so intense. Like, I don't know if you guys feel this. I, again, I don't know how far each one of you are in. I know I asked you and you gave, you, you know, an answer about five or six hours ago. So I don't know if you've played more. But the entire time I played, again, remember, I'm, I'm closing in on 21 hours. There's They never let up. There's no, like, there are some parts in the game where it's a little more relaxed but yeah. for the most part, everything is intense. It is very hard to to play through. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. My definition of fun is different from other people. I could totally see how people would go, this is not fun. Um, I think it was Thomas made a post today saying, and he compared basically playing The Last of Us 2 reminds me of playing Resident Evil 7. Yeah, it's I very stressful. That's percent agree with him. yeah very stressful i still think resident mm -hmm. evil 7 is way scarier but i don't think yeah. that's his point no it's not um, about scary it's about you're stressed anything can happen yeah it's attention it's attention yeah. yeah. it's, uh, it's 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 very intense people are hunting you non-stop and when i say 
you've got guys hunting you. There's times like I just got done with a, a section where it was me and another person fighting against nine or 10 people hunting us. Yeah. And we're on multiple levels. So there's about three to four levels. So it wasn't like everybody's ground view. I can spot them or something. They're all over the place. So you're, 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 you're confused. Cause you're like, where are they at? Like, even when you do the sound thing, you're like, okay, they were up there. Now they're moving. Um, and there's certain enemies in this game that they don't communicate with words, which is crazy. Um, the way they communicate and they move quickly and they, they, they strategize. They don't just um, send one guy, watch him die, and then send another guy. Like they, two or three will come at you at a time coming at different angles. So everything's real intense, um, but nothing's really hard. Like I've died. But I don't feel like this game is impossible. I'm playing. You're at, not getting like stuck on the same moment no. where you die. Over it's and over again, it's. I'm nice. at the same um, yeah. settings that the game sets you at. I didn't adjust any of them. Yeah. 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 Same, there, same here. So let me ask you this real quick, Derek. You mentioned all the tension in this game, and I couldn't agree more. I'm curious on your thoughts on what I think was since this is another Naughty Dog game. I feel like they took a few pieces out of the Uncharted Lost Legacy playbook. Oh yeah. At least in that early section of the game where they open it up and give you a quasi-small open space that you can optionally investigate stuff and find new items. What do you think about the way they did it? They have a few areas like that. What do you think about the exploration they've added into this? Because they had it before, but this feels like they really fleshed it out. All right, so kind of early on in the game, there is a part, again... And I didn't, didn't want to hear what you think about it, too. Sorry. But yeah. obviously, it was actually mentioned in several reviews. This was something people could talk about. But again, if somebody wants to go in completely blind, I won't talk about it. But there is... I'll, I'll describe it as a lost legacy type area. Um, I'm trying to say... Huh? In 4, they did it also. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about the last game... Okay. Lost Legos, Legacy was actually, I feel, even more open. Okay. This, though, is cooler because uh, what I like about it is there's a point to why it's open. Um, and it's almost like a big box um, with a bunch of locations for you to go and check out. And there's, they give you actual reasons to want to check them out. They're not just, hey, go get this collectible so you can get the platinum. like, Or just to get more... Um, ammunition there's other other reasons why you would want to check out all these areas um and some of these collectibles in the game are they add to the gameplay they add to your upgrading ability so you want to loot the world you want to explore i the way i i um would describe this game and it, it has to do with the openness too just not in this one area the, the game is definitely more open than the last of us um in every area it does get a little more linear as you go, but it's still open. And it made me feel like I was playing The Walking Dead, like a really good Walking Dead game. That, yeah. that is traveling. You have this mission. You have this journey. You have this reason. But as you go from area to area, you have to constantly loot to survive. If you're not looting, if you're not gaining something, then if you go into that next area, you're going to die. So it's very it's got a lot of like we've talked about intense survival mechanics into it and it made me feel like because i watched like the first four seasons of the walking dead and that's a lot of what they were doing they were constantly going out to just get things scavenge. to survive yeah to scavenge to survive and that's the same thing you're doing here yep. you're just constantly 
looting and checking areas for hopefully something that can give you an upper hand as you play through the game. Dan, what are you thinking about the open areas? And also just give me some of your overall thoughts on the game so far. Um, so with like the open area and, um, and you definitely feel it and, and see it and hear it throughout the game. There's just so much context to a lot of like little moments. So like one of the examples I wanted to throw out. So in the open area, there's like a, there's a bank, little bank area that you go into and um there's a vault that you go inside of and you find uh, a weapon a new weapon and um and then there's some uh enemies in there that you take out and then when you leave um the person that you're with is like oh man that was that was an intense situation huh or something kind of along the lines of that and, and ellie's like yeah but hey at least we got something out of it i got i found that that weapon like she specifically is pointing out like she found that weapon so Yep. And obviously they did that with the first Last of Us, but I, I feel like it's 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 been like upped. They're ga- they upped the game as far as like acknowledging little moments. Um, if if Ellie finds like a letter on the ground, like a lot of the times the person that you're with is like, oh, what what do you what'd you find there? And she like mentions it. Um, that's the I I love that stuff. I think that definitely needs to be something that continues because like with Final Fantasy VII remake, they did that quite a lot too. Little conversations as you're walking along paths and things like that um i think just really kind of makes everything feel more realistic and organic like if you're going on a journey and you're with somebody like you're not just gonna sit there silent for hours right or i mean maybe if it was derek derek probably wouldn't want to talk to anybody but no good story (laughs) but uh but like that that stuff i really love and and when it's written really well and voice acted really well it just like it's like you're just kind of like there with these people on this journey, and I, I super dig that. And they um, also have not even just items to find in little conversations. There's even an entire cutscene with a full song and all this stuff that yeah. you don't have to go. You can totally skip that, but it's yeah. a pretty cool character moment and well, two character moment really. Yeah. Um. So I I love that they included even more of that. They had that kind of stuff before, like you mentioned in their previous game, but usually it was just little side conversations. This time yeah, it. Yeah. It seems to be much more fleshed out, whether it's a an item or some more gear that you can get, or maybe it's uh, some character stuff. So I I really dig the side stuff they've added so far. Yeah, yeah. Joel and Ellie definitely would have side conversations, um, just in general. And then there was like the moments where like uh, Ellie would say say uh, would say something, and you'd hit the triangle. You'd have to hit the little triangle before it goes away, so you can continue the conversation. But like they definitely added way more in this game. Um, and, I mean, Derek didn't complain about that, and Derek hates talking in video games. So, obviously, the quality is there. It and... is. Well, they actually made it so it seems to me, I could be wrong, like, you can actually hit that dialogue button from a whole bunch of different distances. So, you can continue yeah, to yeah. explore while they chat about yeah, whatever yeah. the thing is, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this the game, the game is just, like, just there's just so much detail. It's insane. Yeah. I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you remember. There was one episode that you guys invited me on on our previous show, um, where I mentioned like in the future I want like Grand Theft Auto style games, like huge open world where like the AI is so advanced, like you could literally follow a dude like on his job and then he goes home and you can like see and observe all that. It's like it's almost like it's kind of getting there. Like the attention to detail in this game is is insane. Like I I would say arguably like the most detail I've ever seen in a game that's not like open world. For sure. Yeah. yeah, and again, it, it has big detail. areas, but like, you know, it's again, it's not like a, it's not a, a Witcher three or a Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but like the the attention to detail is like is staggering. It's it's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
Yeah. Now, Dan, you've got just a standard PS4, right? Yes. So and, and so do standard I. Standard TV. Well, not a standard TV. I but have you, a. You just got like an HD TV, TV right? Like 4K. a 4K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and tell me 4K. what you are thinking visually, and then Derek, I want to hear you because you've got. We know that you've got the higher end stuff. I'm kind of in the middle where I have a 4K TV, but a standard PS4. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Derek's got the 4K everything's. All the money has gone to making things look prettier. So I'm curious, Dan, your experience visually. What are you seeing? Is it a notable improvement? What yeah, do you think? It's insane. Um, I, I can't even imagine how much better the lighting is with like HDR and everything. But like, yeah, even just like with my 55 inch, like not 4K TV, um, the lighting is 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 crazy. Like just the reflections off of things. Um, I mean, right at the, the beginning, you're riding on a horse and you go through that field. And right there, I was like, the sun cutting in through the trees. This looks way better already. Yeah. Right. Like I, that was the first thought I had was, and you know what I actually thought right away was, oh yeah, the original was a PS3 mm-hmm. game that was remastered for PS4. Like, yeah, I yeah. kind of had forgotten that because yeah. that game is still really good looking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is certainly a step up. This feels like, I mean, what a what a swan song visually for the PS4 to go out because it looks so good. Yeah, the textures in some areas are like this. Uh, I, like when I'm turning the camera, I'm like that just straight up looks like a real wall or just, <laughs> yeah. Like the car, the cars in the PS3 version were kind of gross. Like they didn't yeah. look super detailed versus some of the backgrounds that they clearly paid more attention to. Yeah. But the textures on the car in this look really nice and real yeah. and just you know yeah. And the concrete and stuff like because there's so much of that, yes. like, kind of... And, like, little puddles and the way the light's reflecting off of, like, the puddles as you turn the camera and, like... Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, it just it it's a gorgeous game, period, regardless of what you're playing on. I so. think the people look a lot better, too. Like, even at the yeah. beginning, as you see... Because, um, by the way, this game picks up right after the end of Last of Us 1, and so you see a, some Joel and Ellie interactions, like, really close after the, the end faces, of... The faces, dude, right? The faces were immediately like, whoa, I see a huge difference here. Like, the technology in the last seven years has clearly gotten better. So, cause... I, wanted, I wanted to ask both of you, actually, without, like, actually giving away specifically, but, like, it, it right in the beginning, right, they sort of, I guess, recap a couple of things. They do, yeah. And so, I was used to seeing the faces from the ps3 version even yeah. even the uh remastered version on ps4 and then like jumping over to like that and them kind yep. of flashing back it was it was a little disorienting right yes yeah so in the, in the ps in the be- opening of this one they basically are like giving you a previously on the last of us kind of a yeah, moment yeah. there's a conversation between two characters but he has flashbacks that you see essentially the final level of the final chapter basically of yeah. the last of us Some part of one and i'm with you like there's moments in that surgery room and then the hallways of that hospital there that that looked well this is different this looks way better than it did yeah. i just played this recently but it's the face so, the faces and the faces are the big upgrade you're right you're right yeah it's yep. crazy like it, yep. and that's what i wanted to mention it was the light the lighting in the game is just unreal and yep. and the faces and just the movements of the faces yep. are and it's just, by the way it's not just in cutscenes. a lot of times you'll see cutscenes. Yeah. there's a clear improvement over the gameplay but like if you have the camera at a certain angle when ellie is you know strangling someone or stabbing them to death stealth mode to kill them like her face is really clearly and specifically oh, yeah. animated and it's just dude a lot of detail a lot of detail in this and the transition between, like, say, a cutscene, just yeah. right into gameplay, yeah. it's like you don't even actually know it. Like, for a second, you're like, oh, right, I can actually move now. Like, yeah, you can I, barely tell. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, Derek, what are you seeing on your uh, your 4Ks and your PS4 Pro? How's it looking for you? For me, generally, the same as Dan. Very impressive. Looks fantastic. I do have some HDR settings I can turn on with the 4K TV, and I, I th- I'm assuming there's some improvements. But what are you seeing in with your monitor? Uh, actually, I, I moved to the big screen, and the reason why is my monitor is 1440p, and on the PlayStation Pro, there is no setting for 1440p. It's okay. either gotcha. 1080p or 2160p, and that means you have to set it to 1080p, and that's not good enough for me. So I actually moved it to my wow. So I moved it to my big screen. I think it looks better there. Um, not that it doesn't look good on my monitor, it does, but it looks better there. Um, but yeah, I, I would say. The easy answer would be like, oh, this is the best game to come out this gen. I would say it's close. If it's not the best, it's up there. Um, games like God of War come to mind, um, and there's a few other that I'm not thinking of right now, where they just really nail the level of detail, and even though they're not big open-world games, these aren't small games. Like we just talked about, the level... Well, levels open up in this game. There's a lot of pathways for you to go. So they have a lot of area that they, they have to co- cover, and yet they still made this a very, like, I would say it looks like a 1440p game, because that's what it runs at, native 1440p, at, like, high settings on, like, PC, where you can see, like, the level of detail. Now, don't get me wrong, it's got a little bit of the Final Fantasy remake touch, and that is... There are certain people, certain buildings, certain things that are like, hey, we're going to sit here and spend 3,000 years drawing this up and and filling it in. And then there's other stuff where it's like, eh, it's not important. Yeah, certain Um, NPCs, and there's not very many of them just standing around, primarily towards the beginning of the game. But I'm with you. I I noticed some of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because the detail is so great for the characters that you care about, right? And the speaking characters. And so some of the peripheral characters are like, I, I just took a moment to look at them and I was like, okay, I've had the same exact thought you just said. Little Final Fantasy VII remake esque. Just don't bother with that stuff because they didn't they didn't bother with it. So yeah, if you stay focused on the parts of the game that matter, it's gorgeous. It it is, and and especially when you're in certain settings, um, there's a part in the game. Again, this isn't really a spoiler. I'm just describing like a, how it looks, where like you're. It's kind of dark out. It's actually nighttime. Um. And then there's a lot of like fire, um, not a lot of fire, but it's lit up a little bit where it's like glowing off like these green bushes that you're moving through. And like it was just and it's rainy, too, which, you know, that's another great thing. I I was sitting here as I'm playing this. I'm like, gosh, how many times is, uh, is Sony going to be like, hey, <laughs> let's make another game set in the northwest? Um, but I think they really like to do that because they like that they can get so many different seasons. But I think the big thing is they like the, the, the depressing, which always matches their, their single player games, depressing, like rainy weather. Um, and that's the thing with this game is it, a lot of it's wet. And so that you're constantly seeing a lot of reflections with the water and the lighting, everything looks really good. Like when you're in the high grass yeah. and the way it moves and flows, Just the individual strands of grass. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that actually it's, reminds it's, me of the next piece I wanted to talk to you guys about. You mentioned the grass, of course, crouching in the grass, just like most video games that have any element of stealth, 
that means it's going to be difficult for enemies to see you. In some cases, like in Assassin's Creed, they can't see you at all unless they actually come in contact with you because they're all idiots, apparently. In this one, it's much more of a, hey, it'll help keep you hidden until they get a certain distance, and then they're going to start yeah. to see you. So tell me what you guys think about the stealth elements as well as like the new prone feature because that wasn't in the first game. And so now you right. can go prone and crawl around, whether it's underneath obstacles or you can go in the really tall grass or even there's kind of like – uh, like one foot tall grass that you can kind of go prone and crawl through to stay hidden uh, at least for a little while so they get too close. What do you guys think about those elements of the game? Are you enjoying the stealth parts or are you not really utilizing stealth? Because I'm all in on the stealth in this one. Well, I you're kind of in a way forced to play stealth. I'm not saying you have to play stealth the whole time because there's a lot of times where unless you're just a master stealth player, like I know Tim's more into stealth gameplay than I am. And so I naturally believe he's better at it than I am. I'm okay at these games, but I think that's why I like these games a lot is it's same thing with Assassin's Creed. It's like, you can go in, you can try to, you can assess the situation. If there's like 10 guys or whatever, and you can be like, okay, I'm going to try to stealth it. You can knock out a couple, get alerted by one, and then you're like, okay, I can beat seven or eight. And that's kind of what happens here is uh, my goal is always to stealth. I do feel like they give you more tools. But the other thing, as you were talking, I was thinking about that I think is really great is the speed of your character and the athletic ability. Um, you can run and jump. Um, yeah. You can prone. You I mean, can it, it feels like it's shifting from a like a knight in armor, right? Who's slow but stronger to this ninja type. <laughs> it's class. like Dark Souls to Bloodborne. Yeah, it really so does feel much faster. Yeah. You've got like you know Joel moved okay, but like that wasn't a game where you would like run and gun. Well, he felt times... stronger too. Like when you're doing melee, you feel more confident that you can do that. In this, it's more about do a quick dodge and then hit him with melee or run and hide. Like I, I like that she got all these additional abilities because she can't overpower the same way Joel did. But I wonder if that's a little bit system limitation slash like them improving the combat as well. You know, I, so I do think it's an, improvement. I think it's kind the, of a combination the, of all of it. Yeah. Yep. The, the dodge actually kind of watching the, and right at the beginning, they show you how to dodge and then counter punch and stuff like that. I will say but, this while it works one-on-one, -on -one, there's going to be, and, and Dan's probably ran into it. Um, there are several parts in this game where they are like throwing you in massive waves where you only have really, there's actually one area where all you can do is melee and there's like enemies coming from everywhere. And so you're like focused on one and you're dodging and you go to hit that. And then another one comes in and just bites your neck. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've, I've had a lot of situations like that already where, um, so dumb. you you can't dodge everybody so it's not it's not like a counter-based you know arkham asylum or assassin's creed where you can just dodge and counter everybody it's one -on -one, it's you that. can dodge and fight but if it's yeah. multiple ones which sometimes you don't see them because mm -hmm. of the way the camera is um really they want you to run yeah, well, what I what try to do, though, depending on what the spot is and sort of the layout, is I try to run towards, like, where there's, uh, like, essentially a wall behind me. Like, where I know most likely no one's going to get behind me. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm going to melee, then it's just everyone's coming directly forward at me, and then I dodge. Which and... is what I, I yeah. was going to say that I like about this game is your athletic ability allows you to, okay, again, let's say you're playing stealth and then boom, somebody spots you, or there's a sniper, they spot you and call out to the other ones on the ground who hadn't spotted you yet. You can run up, like I'll run up now 
and I'm again playing on normal. There's no uh, easy mode and activated here, and I'm not over leveled because this is my first time playing. Um, there are times where I will straight up just run at these people. I'll know where they're at, and I'll run at them, do a quick because I've got a my melee weapon upgraded. Do a quick melee and then jet. And because the area is open and it's not linear like the first one, mm-hmm. you can run in several different directions yep. and they have plenty of hiding spots that you'll hear them be like, where'd he go? I think he's like, I just finished a, a, a part where um, they're like, where, where did she go? Oh, I think she's over there behind the truck. I I, I saw her go behind the truck. So they, yeah. they're aware of where I'm running to. They just don't know where I'm at. And because there's a bunch of bushes and I heard them say where they thought I was, I then moved away. So yeah. there's a lot of cat and mouse and, and moving around like that. And I like that. So I am constantly switching yeah. just in one fight, stealth, crazy, chaotic, action shooter, melee, fighter, stealth like i am digging the multiple approaches to areas right like you get to a gas station for example you can go into it you can go around it you could go behind it there's a back alley and to me it's it's reminds me of the hitman games a little bit where it's like here's your objective here's you here's your objective and you've got all these different branching paths to get yeah it's not as complex as that right it doesn't it's not trying to give you all these different opportunities to go assassinate somebody but you can decide to go the approach that derek said where you kind of you, you maybe you take out one or two people and then go hide and then see if you can just sneak past everybody or you can methodically if you want to i've done this in a few areas you methodically go through and just take everybody out one at a time yeah. one at a time one at a time that's very satisfying as well um but also i think it's just as satisfying to get in there to get to loot some of the items and get out and not be seen at all and i'm okay yeah. and they, they can just stay on their patrol around that area and they're like where did you go i don't know keep looking and they didn't see me like there's a couple areas where there were like seven people within this area and I climbed up a ladder, took out the sniper because he could oversee everything. Mm. And then I looked down. There was, a, there was one path I needed to get to the road to get out. I just pulled out my silent pistol, headshot, jumped down and ran away and left the rest of them there to oh, find yeah. the bodies. That felt really satisfying because yeah. I'm sure there's many ways to approach each of those. So that's a little bit of a new thing here too is um, they truly give you multiple ways to approach each situation you can yeah. take your time and you could spend an hour in an area that someone else might spend five minutes and i think that's pretty cool i like that yeah kind of much like the, the the linear paths that derek was mentioning which they did in the first one but in the first one it definitely was more narrow whereas in this one like think of like what they did on the ps3 but like multiply it times like yeah. three or four like across like left to right. right and then there's like different paths and sort of things you can climb over like you're getting to the same destination yeah but there's just different like ways to go in and out of things weave in and out which kind of just makes it realistic you know yep absolutely um, and also what i like what they added uh, they had it in the first one too so say you get into an area and you're like you know what i'm gonna do full perfect stealth here i'm gonna stealth everyone i'm not gonna waste any ammo i'm gonna sneak up behind everybody and just slice their neck open you're like, ah, oh, shoot, that guy saw me. You can just go into the options and you can restart that that sequence. Yeah, they actually give you two options, which is cool. There's a checkpoint, and their checkpoint system is super forgiving. Um, yeah. Like almost every enemy you kill, they give you a little checkpoint. Almost. Yeah, That's yeah. not totally true, but it seems like it's almost that case. Also, you can restart the entire encounter. Let's say right. let's say that you decide, you know what, I actually don't want to see if I can get through here without killing anybody. You can give it a yeah, shot yeah. by restarting that whole encounter. Um. Let's talk about the clickers real quick. Of course, the clickers are here, and I I feel like 
they are they sound and look scarier oh yeah than in the first game absolutely so i'm playing this game with headphones on obviously because my no, no one in my family approves just me so uh <laughs> this game is too creepy for everybody else. Oh, absolutely so uh so i'm playing this game with headphones on and dude i don't even have fancy schmancy headphones they're pretty standard uh phillips sports headphones that give me some nice surround sound but they're not crazy and the sound in this game first of all the sound quality in all of Naughty Dog's games is amazing. But this yeah. feels like they took it to the next level because not only the ambient sounds and the, and the dialogue and things like that, the horses running and the grass and all those sounds are amazing. But the clickers, dude, and there's some new versions of these. There's new mutations of these efforts that is just awful. They're just the worst. And the sounds they make, dude, it sounds like someone took a microphone and put it right up to like an alligator's throat. Like some of the guttural noises. Oh, it's just so creepy. The the clicker specifically in in this one, it's it's way more defined than the screech that they do. And I I don't know if you notice pretty quickly, they kind of do the same pattern, um, but they walk in different directions. So they they walk for like a few seconds, they stop, they they let out this like terrifying screech. Awful. And then they start walking again in another direction. But yeah. obviously you're not gonna like you might be trying to sneak behind them. They could just turn right around. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that screech sound is way more defined and creepy in this one than it was in the first one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm really digging what they did with the sound on this one. But what do you guys think of the experience with the? You got the runners, the clickers, and a few others who I won't mention because they're relatively new. Um, you guys like what this they've done with the effect? Is there more than one new one or? There's at least one new one. I I thought you guys were farther, so don't, you don't have to say okay. if there's more than one new one. Sure, but, sure, sure. Okay. Um, what do you guys think about the, what they've done with the infected this time around? Do you feel that same sense of dread, or is it more? What are you thinking about the infected this time around? Uh, I actually find the tickers to be more annoying because I don't have shivs. Like in the first one, you just create shivs, and then you can just sneak up on them and shiv them. Um, yeah, but this nice one. Time, yeah. What's that? You have a knife. Yeah. You have a never-ending shiv. Yeah. Yeah, but every time I try to melee them, if you don't sneak up on them and oh, they yeah. hear you, you're dead. Oh, and well, I sure. don't yeah, like you, that. You have to dodge or you have to hit them with a throwable object. Yeah. And I learned that the hard way after a few bites. <laughs> so are you re- having trouble sneaking up behind them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they're, they're unpredictable. In fact, there was one part early on. It's optional. You don't actually have to go here. Um, and... I, you see one of them he's, uh, uh, making their cool little noise. What, what and so the first time I did it, because I this is the very first time I've gone in, and I stealthed that one. Well, while I'm stealthing that one, the other one spotted me, and then another two runners spotted me. Sure. sure. And I was done. And I freaking went in five times that same area, was not able to stealth that first one, wasn't able to beat them at all just shooting and trying to hide because the actual space that you're in is very small so they'll track you down so i actually the only way i could win it is i think i use like two molotovs and one of the shots was perfect because they i threw a brick the three that i hadn't already killed that were there Yep. all grouped up and then i just yep, threw yep, them all yep. top the old corral trick the old corral trick that one still works and it's very satisfying um yeah. because the way they created these creatures that actually is a pretty legit strategy when the, there's a, the first encounter with the new monsters they i think they call them uh shamblers 
Shambles. So the first encounter I had with them, which but again, their their audio is crazy that they've included for these guys. Yeah. Um, but there's two of them in this kind of basementy area, and there's a couple of runners. So you have to be careful where you go because the runners will spot you and and freak everybody out. So the way I took them out was very fun. I actually went and set. You have you know similar to the first game, you, you start to unlock different uh, equipment, different gear. So of course you can have a proximity mine type of a weapon. Homemade. The yep. Track. So I dropped one of those there and waited for the shambler to kind of slowly work his way back because I didn't want him to hear me or whatever. So I just, I laid one down, went and hid when that one went off and it hurt him. It didn't kill him because they're really right, strong, right. but that one went off and it gathered the other shambler and all the runners, all that one spot. And then I just did what Derek said. I just started hitting them with Molotovs. And I think there was one runner left who had missed. He, for some reason he was on the other side of the door and didn't get hit with fire. Yeah. Just meleeed him. Super satisfying. Talk about that whole basement with just the right explosions, the right distractions, and then those Molotovs. I mean, I, I think playing through the first game has helped me think through, hey, you don't have to stealth and then shotgun everything. Like, that's actually right. a pretty dumb way to approach most fights in this game. You can do, you can try that, and that might yeah. work for you. Um, but I still think it's best to use all the equipment. You, there's so many good pieces of gear they give you. And those creatures, like the clickers, that you can't just attack straight on and take down you can stun them and i love the new auto aim just hit them with the item real quick yeah 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 uh, element so if you've got a brick or R2. a bottle or a molotov and if they're coming at you whether it's a human or a clicker whoever it is it actually gives you a little aimer automatically with a little r2 symbol above it and if you hit that you will ellie's got great aim you'll just hit them right away boom and then you can run up and do a grab or a stealth kill or whatever you want to call yeah. it so uh, I, I like some of the combat stuff they've added. To Derek's point, you feel faster. You feel you just feel much cooler. And, you know, I remember watching the preview game clip and watching someone use bows and arrows and counter punches and sneaking through the grass. And I was like, look how smooth they look. I never yeah. looked this good in, in the first Last of Us. I sometimes had a lucky streak where I looked pretty cool. But for the most part, I was awkwardly hiding behind stuff. <laughs> And then yeah. throwing a bottle and sneaking around, behind, like, but this time I, I feel much cooler. I, I have I've had a much more of those moments where I'm like, dude, I am yeah. pretty awesome. Well, it's funny because you and I, Tim, you know, in the first two parts of the original one that we've discussed, like we said, the combat definitely lacks. Yeah. At going back to it, yeah, um, not like it's not unbelievably terrible, but it definitely no. lacks something. But this yeah. one, they've definitely improved for sure. So, yeah, for sure. This is the best, I think version of melee combat uh, that Naughty Dog has put together. They've had some pretty good range stuff they've put together, and I like what they've done here uh, with the ranged as well. But, um, dude, the, the melee stuff is the best that they've put together, at least. Yeah. Um, they have a few, few new mechanics as well for environmental puzzle solvings. For instance, like grabbing a rope or a cord yeah. or something and throwing it over a pipe or over a wall. Um, that's that's coming pretty handy a few times. This one sec, so there's this one section that I like. I I just had a dumb moment. I was like, oh, what? How the hell am I supposed to get this over here? So there's like a, a generator that. Was it the plug? Like, it took me forever. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you plug it, you plug it into that first gate. Yeah. And then you go over to the like the main gate that you're trying to open to let your the, yeah. your companion in, and you're like, all right, I gotta figure out how to turn this on. So I went into the little station where I had the button. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, so I need to power this on too. And I was just looking around for like five How many minutes. times did you grab that cord and like it stops you short and you yeah, can't? Yeah, because I went, I went around the fence and I was like, all right, well, that's Same. not. And they had just taught you the lasso thing. I just did. Yeah, but it, it was that one moment and, and yeah. you're just like not. Th yeah, I just didn't. Yeah. yeah, so exactly. So you basically it threw cool. it over the fence. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's that's super cool. 
Yeah, it comes in handy a few other times, and it's usually pretty obvious. That one was a little trickier, and I really it was a good feeling when I figured it out. But yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few others that are more obvious. There's like, hey, how do we get across here? Oh, there's a coil of rope with a triangle over it that I guess I must need to gather this and throw it. So yeah. they they don't make it. These games are not meant to be real head-scratching puzzles. They're right. not meant to have those kinds of things. But I do like some of the stuff they've put in there. But it, it feels, feels to me in this one more real life than the other yeah. one where it was like, hey, I can't swim. Oh, look, over there. This is yes. Thing. I think the word I would use is manufactured. <laughs> that was a lot of manufactured environmental oh, you mean the puzzles. just felt manufactured. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and in this like, case, oh, you're right. It feels much more here, organic. So. Like, yeah, this feels like you got to solve it. And I love that. Yeah. I, think yeah. I think that's awesome. The, the her not swimming was fine, but you're saying because like it was like oh there just happens to be a pallet down here in this abandoned yeah. freaking train um you know yeah underground train line. Well, it, I think to Derek's point there, I totally agree. There were sections that I'm like they didn't have to have water here, but I feel like they wanted to give you an environmental puzzle to solve. So yeah, yeah. here's some water, and Ellie can't well, swim. Good luck. One where you're doing a puzzle in The Last of Us with um the two guys. Yes. That, the black black guys. I'm sorry if that's offensive. And it was like well, Henry stupid. And Sam. After I did it, I was yeah. like, why did we do this? Yeah, like, that whole section we, was really annoying. Yeah. We could have just gotten like we could have all just could have passed over this way. Or it was something real easy. And I was like, well, it, you had to swim you had to swim under that gate to power on that platform that yes. that was But know. we didn't really need the platform. It was really dumb. Yeah, it was did. pretty bad. It was pretty bad. You know, it wasn't qu- nothing's quite as bad as back on the uh, that game, A Way Out, when you're going through the forest and you can literally walk any direction you want, but you're on a path, so the two of you have to lift this log together to go through. The- it's like, what are you doing? Walk around yeah. it. You're in the forest. <laughs> you're in the forest. Anyway, um, so overall, I think it's pretty clear the three of us are, are loving this game, and we're going to do a full-on spoiler cast probably next week, maybe the week after that. We'll see how things go and also how long it takes each of us to finish this thing. Yeah. Um, I'm still playing catch up after being out of town a bit, but um, just real quick before we move on, any gripes that you guys have, anything that you aren't loving, if you can keep it spoiler free uh, while you think about that, the only one that I have really is it was just at the beginning and I kind of rolled my eyes and I hadn't kept track of all the different things that people didn't, oh, it's SJW, Last of Us, or whatever. Like I didn't keep track of really any of that. I purposefully stayed away from all the conversation around this thing. But I did feel at the beginning when she said probably three different times, I'm not going to eat that bigot sandwich. Like I was like, why would she know the word bigot and be this adamant about it? Like this, this doesn't feel like real for their environment. It felt real for the Twitter environment now for her to be like, I'm not going to eat that bigot sandwich. Like well, I think that doesn't feel a... real then. So that, that part really bothered me because I felt like that was a shoehorned in way to kind of wink at, at how woke they are. So that, that sure. part bothered me. But I have not picked up on much of that since then. Since then, I feel like it's been real, organic, human interaction. Who cares about whether it's politically correct or not or somewhere in between? And I love that. They're just telling a story. But the beginning, I did pick up a little bit of, oh, boy. I think that sort of works enough because in in the sense that – so this is like they've been building this town, right? They've been like getting more people coming in. They have like a school – yeah. And they're educating these kids, these kids, they're actually getting an education. There's a school in the town, they're teaching them. So, cause then later on, there's like a conversation where, you know, they kind of mentioned something about learning about dinosaurs. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, 
the amount of times that she maybe said it, yeah, it's like, okay, you said bigot. But not only that, I don't think that she would speak like a Twitter warrior would. That sounded like a Twitter warrior. Like if they would have changed that dialogue, that was one piece of dialogue that took me out of the immersion. Because I feel like in that moment, because remember, she was born and raised in this world. She was never part of social media or any of that stuff. So for her to have that instant, I'm so offended, like she's got thicker skin than that. So that that part just didn't seem to be in character. It felt more like Naughty Dog trying to communicate a message. Yeah, the whole thing was kind of pointless. It didn't bother me. I'm not saying it bothered you, but like, like I, I didn't. It was even, annoying, but I moved it, past it. Yeah, it's not something I would bring up. I actually have two gripes. Okay. One I talked about in my post, and the other one would be melee combat. I still find melee combat, while improved, improved, but still not broken with yep. multiple enemies. Again, I don't have a problem with like, hey, if there's multiple guys there, you shouldn't be meleeing because you should be dead. I got that. But when you're in a melee combat battle and the screen zooms in, I can't see everybody around me. So if they just appear and decide to bite my neck, that's really annoying. It'd be cool Um, if they had some sort of uh, a move where she could just escape, right? Where she's about to get overwhelmed and maybe she can do like a duck and roll or something. something. Something where she can kind of get out of that situation, and it wouldn't be like some spin Maybe attack where she kills everyone. Animation, yeah. like they make it too animated yeah. to make it look cool. But if it was just quicker, like in real life, are you gonna really go full on? Like if you're aware, think we all as humans have awareness, right? You can't have that in a video game unless they pull the camera back and go, "Here, Derek, you can see everybody." Yeah. But as I'm controlling a video game character and it's closed in. There is no awareness unless they give you like, uh, what was it? Not Heavenly Sword. What's the other dumb game? Uh, By the same creators. Oh, Senua Sacrifice? Yeah, trash game. But they give you awareness. (laughs) They give you awareness cues because they're very zoomed in on you, but they're like, hey, they're coming from over here. Unless they did something like that, like, hey, you're engaged with this guy, but there's somebody coming to your left. You can escape by hitting dodge, and you can break out of the animation. The problem is you can't break out of these animations. So it's a it's a minor gripe, but it exists. I'm not going to sit yeah. here and pretend like it doesn't exist. Well, it, it's thing- even in the game, and I'm sure later it gets worse, but you're right. There was a moment where I've got multiple of the runners coming at me, and I dodge one of them, and I just I knew the other one was right there too. So I wanted to get just one or two punches in. But in that – like you're talking about that full animation for the first punch that I had triggered – I couldn't stop or dodge again. It was too late, and the other one started hitting me. So I'm with you. Some improvement to be had there. I don't know if there's like a small window though, or if I've just been lucky. But like when I when I get one of the enemies um, with like a axe or something, and they do that kind of like death animation, there there is like a a one like a one second window where you can dodge because I have dodged a couple times like immediately, but like I had to like be aware. Yeah, but, yeah, if but not if you're just fist, if you're fist fighting. And, yeah. sure. You're oh, okay, still sure. locked on them, and then somebody else comes in and takes you out. Yeah. Um, the other thing would be, and again, this is just preference. This is nothing Naughty Dog, in my opinion, did wrong. You're creating a um, – this is really a story-driven game. It's more about story than it is gameplay, but the, obviously their goal is to match it. My thing is, is while I love the loop of scavenging and, and pillaging and, and supplying yourself so you can move forward, I do feel like it, this game gets way long-winded. Like, I, they're especially probably like five or six hours in. I don't know the timeline, but you are on your own 
and that's all you're doing for hour upon hour and there's no cutscenes, there's no dialogue with anybody there's nothing it's just you going from one building and you feel like you have to do this because some people would be like well Dirk, just stop chirking everything um and just move forward but if you're low on stuff or you're afraid of the next battle with maybe six or seven because there are times where i've had battles where i'm like i'm all out of ammo all i have is a brick or all I have is a brick in uh, a Molotov. Um, and so I have to figure out. So I always, I play it safe. I always make sure I'm scavenging everything. Right. So and you've again, got everything crafted and all yeah, that stuff. So again, it's fun. I like it. In fact, I was even, one of the things I'm doing as I'm playing the game, I'm paying attention to everything and going, is this something that I would want to replay? And what I mean by that is if it's too story heavy and you're forced to watch these cutscenes and stuff like that, those games are to me are not that fun to play. But if it has a lot of great fun gameplay elements and just, just a, a good experience and you can skip cutscenes and stuff like that, then I love doing New Game Plus, hence me playing the first one six times. I think as I play through this, I'm going to end up liking all the looting, all that stuff even more when my characters got a ton of stuff because I'm going to be able to OP everybody. And just, Let me ask you this real quick. Is there a way, because I know in the first one there wasn't, is there a way to increase your inventory of the materials you can carry? Because that part's still frustrating to me. And I no. get the realism of it. But it's just starting to frustrate me that I can only um, hold a certain number of I rags. I understand, like, not being able to carry, like, a bunch of cloth or whatever. But you want to know what irritates me. And, again, it's kind of hard to find the balance because you're trying to create a survival game, right? So you don't yeah. want anybody to be OP, especially the first time I play it. But my issue is you kill 10 people and you get three ammo. I'm, you're telling me 10 people have three shots? Yeah, so that, they that shoot you for like how many rounds, but then you only get yeah. like a bullet or two from them. <laughs> yeah, that is still inconsistent, right? Where you so they clearly it, all were carrying guns. You saw them as you snuck around and killed them, but there's nothing to loot because it's just a random drop. So it's that it's it's a difficult situation for Naughty Dog. I know they're not stupid. I know they thought about it. They're like, okay, it kind of takes you out of the realism because now you're going to try to take bullets from these people that were just shooting at you. And none of them have bullets. Like, the, I've literally had areas where eight or nine guys have not had bullets. I've had to get bullets from, like, a drawer. And yeah. I'm like, why? Why did they make not have any If they also didn't have bullets, let's just say that maybe they were, like, like some of their banter could include, like, hey, I've only got one shot left or something. And they get li literally one shot. And then mm -hmm. that care that would make more sense, right? Because yeah. they are also low on ammo. But yeah. they don't do that. Obviously, the enemies have unlimited ammo. It's just the way it is. It's a video game. It's still a video game. Got to remember that. Yeah, I do like I one thing I meant to mention earlier, not to just have gripes here at the end, but I do like, and I understand some people don't like this, but I do like that the enemies you're fighting seem to have, and maybe it's only surfacey, but they seem to want to make sure that we know that they are human beings that have connections as well. Because if you kill one and one goes missing, they're like, Dave, Dave. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah kind of stuff like I, again i realize it might be a little bit hokey or whatever but See, i really liked that okay i don't know if you saw it so trier was like complaining about that he's like literally every time i kill someone they're shouting their name it's like i don't know if you're not every broken. time it's happened no. to me like twice yeah, yeah it's happened to me probably about 
five, six times. So I checked like... my my uh, time on the game. So between last night and then today, squeezing a bunch of time, and I played like six hours so far. I'm a decent way in, mm-hmm. um, not super far, but um, if all the of all the enemies I've killed, and I've killed a lot of them. I think it's happened twice, and that's that's why it's notable to me because I was like, oh, that's cool that every once in a yeah. while, if they see you kill someone or hear the gun or whatever it is, they might call out the person's name. Which yeah. is interesting, I think. Because it doesn't just make it like just some empty husk of an AI character. It's like, right. oh, that was Dave, and I just killed Dave. Exactly. Well, I think, uh, and Naughty Dog is obviously really good at this, but I think gaming as a whole has gotten way better. Well, I should say just entertainment medium. We're, they finally have gotten away from that, like, you're the good guy, you're fighting the bad guys, and the bad guys are just oh, yeah. bad. They're just they don't feel anything. Their only motive is they woke up and they're like, you know what? I want to kill everybody. Um, And so one of the things that, again, without spoiling the game, that I think this game so far nails, absolutely nails. And I'll actually be curious if Dan is far enough in the game that I can talk to him about this at all. Is they really nail like you caring about everybody. So not just the the girl Ellie that you've been playing right. for, yeah, yeah. well, not playing because you, you used her in the first one. You used her, but you didn't like you didn't control her the whole time. Yeah, but yeah, she yeah. was a part of the story, so you you are fond of her. You care about her if you care about this world at all. So it's not just her you care about. They're really good at like getting you to care about her friends, and then as you play against these people and that people who are, aren't in her friends. Yeah. You you realize they have their own groups. Dude, I think they do that right groups. from the beginning. There's a non you know, I'm not gonna say anything too much, but they they do a good job of giving you some insight, I thought, right away, because I kind of saw what was happening and you could tell by the dialogue what was where it was leading to, kind of yeah, the first yeah, yeah. main trigger moment of the story. Um and I kind of saw it coming and it was heartbreaking, but I also kind of got it. And I, I know I know there's more for the game to reveal to me of like the backstory. But I can already fill in a lot of the blanks. And so I love the direction they're going. It's like there is no like white and black good versus evil here. No, it's it, all gray. It's, it's, it's gray, gray area and it's and it's beautifully done. Gray. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um all right. Well we're gonna uh, I'll just say this. It gets better. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, Dan, any grapes, any grapes for you? Grapes? Any grapes yeah, for you? I will have some grapes. Thank you. Um I pretty much yeah, piggybacking off of Derek. I, it's funny because, like I say, I love a lot of detail in these games, but then also at the same time, when I'm in the moment, sometimes it is a little too much. Gotcha. So, like, yeah, that that particular open section, it was fun navigating through certain certain parts of it, but then there's other parts where it's like, oh, okay, so I just went into this room, and there was, like, a letter that I read, and it was kind of interesting, and that's fine, and there was, like, a couple of pieces of, like, something, cloth, and, like, yes you know, half a scissor or whatever. And it's like, well, that, that room basically didn't really serve a purpose though. There's just a bunch of rooms. You're going to the room scavenging. I do think the difficulty level changes what's there and how much of it is. Cause I've opened, you know, we're all playing on normal mode, I think, right. The moderate or the standard mode. Um, like I told you earlier, I was playing on easy mode on a replay through on Last of Us 1 just to let me play through faster. And dude, there's stuff everywhere. I feel like every drawer I open had like, it's, There's just. I I think it's actually um, because it's funny because I had a different take than what Dan said, but I did actually think about this. I'm not just responding to what he said. There was a a one point where I went into like one room, like there's nothing here. You wasted my time. 
Yeah. And then I was like, oh, but that's realistic. That's like, what they want sure, you to I feel. I like yeah. that games, and I'm not just going to give credit for Naughty Dog. Other games are starting to do this, too, because you always go on these, like, little journeys or something, a little side areas that you go in, and you expect what? As a gamer, you expect, I put in the work, yes. you reward yeah. <laughs> Reward me. You give me <laughs> the currency game, or an item or something. Yeah, yeah, but in a game like this, where it's supposed to be based off a terrible world, and a ter- like it's just supposed to be a terrible game to play. Like you're supposed to feel like crap. I think that's another way they kind of make you feel like crap. It's like you're like, well, I just freaking checked three houses. Mm-hmm. I've explored all these areas, and you gave me a a, a piece of paper, yep. you know, yeah. or a rag. Like they talk about it too. They're like, like Dan, I think you mentioned this earlier, where it's like, was it worth it? And they say that kind of stuff yeah. too. Like, oh, I'll check this house, but it's been picked over. Like, yeah. So they kind of. They let you know that, like, hey, it's been picked over, so there's not going to be a lot here. Like, right? I think they want it to feel real, because there's even times where I'm playing and I'm like, there's a lot of stuff here with a lot of people that have been through here. That's not realistic. But then I'm like, again, I say what Tim was saying earlier, still a game. They still got to give you stuff. Otherwise, yeah. I'd be like, well, I'm just going to run around punching people. Yep. It makes so, the most sense when they show some sort of sleeping bag or cot, like clearly someone else who's surviving as well has collected some resources and then that's why that's yeah. there that makes sense when you open up a random kitchen drawer and there's a bunch of stuff it's like well okay i'll take it i'll still take it but anyway. but it's a double-edged sword because you you kind of basically if you want to be the best version of ellie that you can be in the game gameplay wise you kind of have to search everything sure because yep. so in the first game where you would um the uh all the like pills that you find around to upgrade your actual character like your stats so to speak Yep. Um, you find the like manuals to kind of open up the next section of of uh, perks and so on and so forth. You have to they're, they're just hiding in the most randomest places, so yeah. you have to kind of scrounge around and, and look for these things. Well, that's and an interesting web, because now too. you can find single pills, right? It used to be five or ten or maybe yeah, twenty five yeah. if you yeah. get lucky, but now you pick. I'm always picking up like, oh, there's one pill. There's three pills. Yeah. Like, but like if I didn't go into that bank, like because there was no purpose to go in there, I don't think. Correct. Um, because and when they, you're going, says when you go in, she's like, we don't have to go in here. We can get out. Yeah, of here. yeah. I would have just not have gotten that weapon. I uh, literally would not have had that the entire time right. f- moving forward playing the game. So like, if you want to get the most out of the gameplay, and then you you do kind of have to do that. So it's it's a double edged sword. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the more thing I did want to mention that this game does the first one didn't. I had forgotten this till just this moment. Uh, there's some areas, and I'm assuming there's more as I keep playing where you actually have your human enemies and you're infected in the same general oh, area. Yeah. <laughs> and there you don't you can do whatever you want. You can sneak through and try to stealth some enemies. You can just open fire and you can engage with both if you want. Or you can do what I did and just start throwing all the noisemakers you can towards the human <laughs> dude, the, enemies. The subway? The subway yes. with the, fl- dude, with the, the right subway, flare? I didn't yeah. have to fight one enemy. Nope. Nope. No enemies. I just threw the right thing, and you hear screaming and running, yeah. and just and I just crept around the side, like, and I I knew I was like, I bet you there's stuff to scavenge yeah. in some of those rooms, but this is so satisfying. I don't even yeah. care. Maybe a second playthrough, I'll do. I'll try that, but yeah, that was so satisfying to sneak. Around. And I know that's probably what, that's what the game wanted you to do, but I love that they've included some of that here, where it's you don't have to do this all yourself. Like you can use some yeah. of the infected to your advantage, which is which is awesome. That part definitely creepy though. Very that, creepy. That whole, I love the, section, yeah. the, the lighting with the red and all that stuff. Just the flares really, going. Yeah. Really cool. Really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we will get into more of a spoiler conversation on this in a future episode here in the near future. So stay tuned for that. 
But um, to continue on with this week's episode, just wanted to chat a little bit about other things you might be playing. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it if you guys don't want. Maybe this is the only thing that's on your mind that you want to share about. There's some other stuff I've played uh, since being on vacation, but wanted to open up to you guys first. Any games that you're playing outside of The Last of Us that you wanted to, to mention? Dan, what about you? Uh, no, I, I was so I was in that funk waiting for basically The Last of Us 2. Um, so I, last time I mentioned I, I caught up on some anime. Um, so I watched the My Hero Academia season three and I finished that. And then I just, um, or season four, sorry. And then I finally uh, watched uh, Attack on Titan season three. Oh, okay. Atta- Attack on Titan is good again because okay, good. I, I don't know for anybody that has watched the first two seasons, um, they definitely get sort of long in the tooth as the se- each of those two seasons go on. And it kind of felt like they weren't really progressing with uh, the story as far as like the surprises and the mysteries, because that's the intrigue. And that's what's interesting about Attack on Titan, because right. in the first few episodes, there's a lot of stuff where they're kind of like laying the ground, the groundwork of like, oh, what's the deal with that basement? And, and why can this character turn into this? Um, and they don't explain any of that for the first two seasons, really. And then in this season, just like a lot, they just get into a lot of those mysteries. And I'm, I'm super into that when they finally, the payoffs kind of kick in. So I um, watched season one and enjoyed it. And then I didn't okay. watch season two because I heard a lot of people say it's mediocre, but maybe. It, yeah. I maybe mean, you have to, if, now with three. if you're going to finish, if so season four is coming out, I think this year and it's going to be the last season. Okay. Um, so yeah, only four seasons. Not too bad. Not, not really. That's a good long. length for a show. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, so That's what if, Lost should have been. Lost should have ended after four seasons. It would have been amazing. Yeah, you got a little lost there. Um, mm. But yeah, no, I, if you liked the first season, I mean, definitely watch the second season because there's there is stuff that they uh, sort of share in that season that's important too. But again, there's more questions added on. But then season three, like 90% of that is like the payoffs are great. So gotcha. yeah, nice. yeah ec- excellent series for sure so far. Nice. So. Derek, any games you're playing outside of Last of Us that are you wanted to t- uh, talk about? I mean, I'll just make I'll make it real quick. But like I'm I was continuing Days Gone until Friday came out. In fact, I was actually playing Days Gone. Well, no, I was playing it Thursday. It was the last time I played it. Um, I'm probably about seven hours away, if I'm remembering correctly, from beating Days Gone again. So I do want to still beat that. So I guess my plan is to finish The Last of Us two. Probably start a new game plus, mm-hmm. but then also keep playing Days Gone, even though they're they're really similar. Days Gone is a real, real poor man's version of The Last of Us. <laughs> sure is. But it's still really good, um, and I highly recommend it. It was $15. I don't know if it still is. It was $15. There is auto-aim you can turn on. Yes. Yeah, that makes it better. It's still a little janky sometimes. But again, I experienced that with The Last of Us 2 as well. But I, I will, will say that with the shooting in The Last of Us games, a lot of it is dependent on the upgrading of your yes. um, your character because there is an actual – there's an upgrade where I think it 100% improves your aiming stability as a character. And then you can also improve your aiming stability on the gun. Oh, so, we didn't even mention this. The animations for when she improves stuff is – Oh, awesome. yeah, yeah. I yeah. love it. So clean. Super detailed. And it looks really real. It's like, hey, oh, yeah. like I added a um, magazine capacity to my long rifle, 
Yeah. And she actually took this little canister and cleaned it out and made it fit. And then yep. there you go. She's, instead of two bullets in there, now you can do four at a time because she added yeah, that. She hits a little like light switch there to kind of flip so it cool. on. So cool. Really yeah. cool. You guys talked about detail. That was there too. Yeah. Um, anyway, so day's gone. Nice. Anything else you're playing? That's it. I mean, I wanted to keep playing Xenoblades, but I haven't been been on my Switch. And I've been mainly just been playing on PS4. I didn't even get to play that game that launched on Xbox Game Pass that I wanted to play. The West of Dead. Yeah, I want to try that one out. I do want to try that one out. So maybe once I'm done with Last of Us 2. But that's definitely the, the focus. And like I said, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to jump in the new game plus. That's how fun this game is. So yeah, obviously I highly recommend Once I get the full context of the story, I'm going to want to play it through again. If for no other reason, not only is the game a blast to play, I want to try some different stuff. But also, I think I want to try it from the beginning, seeing the story with the full context. And like knowing what's going to happen can be enjoyable as well. Yeah, because you'll understand the context of the conversations yeah. that they're having that you didn't before. That's yeah. why I like the replay games too. Like not only just the upgrade character and stuff, but I like to if I like the story, you get the full picture. I get more insight yeah. into the story. Totally. All right. Well, I did have some uh, some switch time uh, over my vacation, which has been really fun. Uh, I've I bought, started, and finished this short little game called Far Lone Sales. Um, if you ever played stuff like FTL, where you're basically keeping a spaceship going, which is more of a roguelite approach, right? Where mm-hmm. if you die, then you kind of restart with a few things maybe staying in place, but for the most part, you start over. This, this is not a roguelite like that, um, but it is similar in that you've got a land ship that you've got to keep maintained and keep running. You've got to find fuel. You've got to throw the fuel in there. You've got to hit all these right buttons. It's, it's kind of adorable and interesting and also very bleak. It's some kind of apocalyptic world where everything around you is dead and gone and you know all the mechanical stuff you run into has clearly not been used for a long time so you're there's no words in it it's one of those games that there's it doesn't give you any context you just start moving beginning you're yeah there's no dialogue at all there's no spoken word there's no written word really um at the beginning you're just standing under a tree looking at the picture of someone looks like maybe a loved one who died hard to say and you just start walking then you discover this big old kind of tank looking um vehicle and then you just work your way across the – it's a 2D game, so you're working from left to right the yeah. whole way to the very end. Um, That's a cool aesthetic. I really, really liked it a lot. Um, it is certainly not for everybody. Derek, I don't think you'd like this game, but I do think you would be like, hey, those visuals have their moments. But otherwise, you wouldn't like playing it. Dan, I think you might like trying it. Don't yeah. know how much you'd like the gameplay or not, but – uh, if yeah, you're I've never indie- played FTL, so I mean, like, I, I'm familiar with the concept. It's not but... as hectic as that. It's nowhere yeah, near yeah. as hectic because that game gets real stressful. Um, yeah. But this one doesn't get nearly as stressful. It's got some pretty mild environmental puzzles. Um, and then I just, I really like when it was over. I was like, dude, that was a really cool little game. It was on sale on the Switch, which is why I bought it. I think it was like eight bucks, 100% worth it in my opinion. I wouldn't buy. I think it's full price 15, which is a little pricey for a short game like this. How about how long is it? Um, maybe three hours or so. Oh, okay. That's very short. Yeah, it's pretty short. So, um, anyway, really liked that one. Played some Nino Cooney, which I know both of you have played and love. Um, that game is freaking adorable and charming, and I love it. And um, gives you all the feels too, right? As this kid is basically dealing with the loss of his mom, and then maybe there's some hope there, and it's just really interesting. So much better than the second one. Like um, unbelievably better. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. But uh, the combat's pretty fun. You know, I've got a couple familiars now, and so it's got a little bit of that monsters fighting for you. Not quite Pokemon, but people compare it to that, although I think it's quite different. Um, it's really just, if you think of it, instead of, like, 
pulling in familiars, you're basically kind of, it's like any other game where your character gets to now take on a new, like you can switch to a new set of moves because it's yeah, yeah. still your shared HP and MP. But anyway, really fun game. There's some pretty awkward little moments. Like I talked to this one girl <laughs> at the front of town and I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> she keeps saying it. it's the only dialogue this little NPC has. And she goes, yay, it's PP time. <laughs> and I don't know. It's so inappropriate. Maybe it's an English thing. Like maybe... I don't know, man. I don't know. Because she's so you know, excited like... and she's standing in the corner. And there's another NPC looks like maybe her mom nearby kind of keeping an eye on her. Like, oh, that that PP time. Like, what does that mean? Anyway. She's, she's being potty trained. I she's guess. She's going to go pee Nino Kuni is a blast. It's been that was a fun one to play on vacation where I could just since again not connected to Wi-Fi or anything, just kind of relax and play that when it was quiet. It was cool. And then also jumped back into Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, the definitive edition or whatever they're calling it um, for Switch. I'm up to level 16 now. Um, moved past a couple of major story moments. If you haven't played it before, I won't say what those are, but there's a pretty big story moments and you start to really get powered up and start to figure out how your characters battle together. It's really interesting because when you play a game like like any other action RPG, the whole point usually is you want your character to do as much damage as possible, hit as much as possible, do all your special moves. But this one's much more about chaining things together. That's what Xenoblade 2 is about too. It's mm -hmm. understanding your different attack types and they all have color coding on there. So, hey, if I do this and then my side character they'll see that and the ai knows to do that move and then boom you can maybe topple a tall monster and then yeah. do double damage for a little while or or stun them and stagger them that yeah um but it's not super obvious it is a little more complex um so it takes a little bit of doing and and reading there's so much reading in that game to try to figure out all the different battle systems um, but anyway it's a lot of fun and i am plowing my way through that game i'm having a lot of fun with that one too so um those are just some RPGs. I just wanted to mention also AC Odyssey. I'm on the final section of the fate of Atlantis. Dude, the Atlantis chapters could have been a full Assassin's Creed game. Like they're all three sections have a brand new map. You have crazy. Elysium, then you have the full underworld. And now I'm in Atlantis, which is run by Poseidon. So in Elysium, you've got Persephone and underworld. You've got Hades and then Atlantis, you've got Poseidon and, and you have, Basically a full set of missions, story and side and otherwise, as well as new upgrades to power up your moves and new equipment to find. I mean, it's they feel it feels like a full Assassin's Creed game. It's crazy. The story isn't amazing, but it is interesting, especially in Poseidon's world where it's very technology based and they, they want to have a perfect civilization. But there's all kinds of just junk happening underneath the surface yeah. and he wants you to help clean it up. Basically, he brings you in after this stuff happens in Underworld and he says... I want you to be the judge. They have a special title for it. I forget what it, like DeCostes or something. But basically, he appoints you as the judge, and everyone immediately recognizes you when you get there as, oh, you're the new judge, and they have to listen to what you say. Mm -hmm. So you have tons of decisions to make. Um, I think they do a good job in all three sections. They have you make decisions, and then it adds up to some sort of change in what happens at the end, uh, which is interesting. Um, the so environments I, I, yeah. look uh, insane like those images that you were sharing of the underworld yeah. like yeah it looks super cool <laughs> yeah it's very dark and foreboding the underworld especially i thought was yeah. just so well designed elysium yeah. is pretty and bright and colorful and very cool a lot of verticality to that area yeah. very cool but the underworld to me was more striking and more interesting also the quests are a lot more fun you know, you're helping a lot of people who are kind of caught in the in-between and the afterlife and stuff like that so i found those quests to be much more interesting than either atlantis or elysium um, but Atlantis is interesting because it's supposed to be a perfect society, but it's not. 
anywhere right. close to that. And also you're dealing with all of Poseidon's sons. He's got these 10 sons and they're all very different. Yeah. Um, Can't keep so, it in his pants, huh? I guess, I guess. But it's a lot of like gods versus human type interaction that you're trying to figure out. They do include a lot more modern day stuff than I'd like. I'm actually kind of annoyed with the modern day stuff now. I don't really care about her and what she's trying to do. Sure. Even though they, it is an important part of the story, I guess. I just, I don't care. So I don't really like what they're doing there. Her character is kind of annoying to me, but whatever. Um, I like it. I will finish it because I think it's a lot of fun. They've created essentially with the legacy of the first blade and the fate of Atlantis. They essentially created almost full-fledged Assassin's Creed games that just live and breathe inside the Odyssey world. It's just so cool. So, so cool. Um, all right. Pause. Take a breath. Take a moment. So many emotions. If you have not played The Last of Us Part One, the very you know the first game, the PS3 game that was then remastered on PS4 in 2014, you can turn this episode off because we're going to go full spoiler mode and wrap up our book club discussion on The Last of Us Part One. We'll do our best not to accidentally say something about Part Two because so oh, many no. things connect. So we'll do our best. Tied not, we'll do our best not to do that. Um, spoiling everything. <laughs> what the good news about this last section uh, in terms of if you're like, hey, this episode's already running long. Well, first of all, shut up. Just listen to it, okay? Uh, second of all, this section is was, was the shortest stretch of the game. Even though it's technically 12 chapters, the 12th chapter is kind of just uh, the ending. It's just like this little quick epilogue sort of thing. Um, and I didn't think the other chapters were all that long compared to the other ones. So... So let's just jump right in. We pick up in Chapter 9 at the Lakeside Resort. This is after the cliffhanger of Chapter 8, yes. um, which is, by the way, the University and the Bus Depot. I've decided after replaying this game again. Those are my two favorite sections of The Last of Us Part 1. I love yeah. the University. I love the setting. I love the visuals of it. And I love the Bus Depot where you get to see that there's some there's some drafts that are involved at one point. You're kind of in these underground tunnels with a bunch of water and buses. And I just I like that whole section. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, uh, well, definitely. Both of those. So anyway, we're at the lakeside. We're at the lakeside resort, right? It's winter time. Joel looks like he's really not doing well. Right at the end of chapter eight. No. And somehow Ellie gets him to this lakeside resort town, True. and she has him in this basement, laying on a mat, laying there shivering, almost dying, like just not doing great from his uh, impaled wound. Uh, right there in his midsection, which probably should have killed him, but whatever. Um, eh. yeah, he's well, a, he's a tough fella. Games. He's a tough fella. He's a tough fella. So at the beginning, you do some hunting and stuff with her. Basically, you get to control her. And Derek, I remember you saying, like, hey, I didn't really like playing as Ellie in Last of Us Part 1. And and after I played through it, I kind of have to agree with you. And here's why. It's not that I didn't like using a new character or whatever, um, or kind of shifting to much more of a stealth and bow type approach it was that it's a pretty lengthy section of game where you play as ellie and you have none of the upgrades or cool stuff that you've done with joel like it just it feels like an interruption and it's supposed to yeah. and story-wise it's 100 supposed to i just didn't enjoy playing as no, ellie. it's my least favorite chapter yeah but and i didn't care for the boss fight either i don't think it was design bad or anything i just didn't have fun with it. I found it frustrating at times, especially when I first started playing it. This last time I played it, it was a not no problem at all. I knew what I was doing. Speaking of that boss, you meet him pretty early on. There's a new character named David, who I didn't realize yeah. when I looked it up. It was Nolan North. Yeah, voice. Nolan North, right? Yeah. <laughs> creepy. He, very creepy. He does a great job as David. Oh, yeah. Um, but he is a very disarming, and yet you know there's something else going on kind of underneath. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, 
in my opinion, not a purely evil character, just someone who becomes a villain to you because you are a villain to him when it comes down to it. And that's yeah. the kind of the case with The Last of Us in general, both games. Well, it's interesting that you say that, though, because so you don't really know that right away. Right. Ellie is and out. Sense it. She senses it, too. Yeah. But she's out scavenging for food. And then, obviously, she uh, comes face to face with this guy and um his little buddy there that's there with him to also get some food right yep um but she's holding the gun out at him and he tells his buddy to go back to town because she's looking for medicine she basically says you can have this deer if you give me antibiotics yeah right yeah um but yeah then then there's this whole moment where obviously a bunch of uh the infected come out of nowhere so you have to help each other even though obviously yep. she doesn't trust this stranger it becomes a zombie mode in call of duty where you're trying to keep yeah. Keep the house together. Yeah, yeah. And they ha- they're they helping each other. Yeah. Um, and then once sort of the, the dust settles um, and they're just waiting for that guy to come back with the medication, um, which, you know, spoiler alert, does not happen, because uh, they've been looking for Joel and Ellie because Joel and Ellie murdered some of their buddies. So <laughs> and they weren't too happy about that. Right. So. Yeah. Well, they, he does come back with the medicine and ends up giving it to her, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's true, yes. But he confronts her right before that, David does, yes. and lets her know that, hey, we had a scouting party go out, and there was an older guy and a young girl that yeah, was yeah. singing. So he basically lets her know that, like, we know who you are and what you've done, you yeah, yeah. and your and your friend. So I feel like they follow her back, almost certainly follow her back to where they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although you don't see that explicitly, it seems like, in yeah, her – in her kind of inexperience, she should have gone in opposite direction and figured out a way to work her way back yeah. and lose them. But she doesn't. She, in her excitement and, and desperation to get Joel what he needs before he dies, because yeah. he is dying. Well, it's, it's tricky, too, because it's the winter setting. So obviously yeah. she's on horse, horseback, right. and the you know she's going to leave a trail of, of footprints, you know, the, right. the, the horse prints. So, right. Um, you know. It's a pretty epic moment though, where you you do make it back to Joel. You administer the antibiotics right as David's soldiers and dudes all arrive to try to find you and Joel. And so then Ellie, in a moment of I think she's pretty brave uh, yeah. and, and stunning, um, it goes stunning. Ri- she goes riding out to basically draw them away. And yep. you get one of the few and far between like extended action sequences in these games. You don't have a lot of those in these games it's more of an uncharted type moment where you're going as fast as you can reacting as quick as you can to try to escape and of course we know it doesn't go super well she gets captured and put into a cage so by dave Dave. by dave but you know what's interesting is i am not convinced that he was going to have her killed because they're chopping up a human body right in there where she is so she can tell that they're doing some cannibalism going on crazy stuff but I actually don't think, and people, I think someone else, as you listen to the soldiers talk while you're sneaking around later, you hear them say something about David's latest pet got away or some, something like that, or the latest yeah, yeah. or whatever. I don't think he had planned on killing Ellie. I truly think he was planning on, like, trying to win her over. Because yeah. I think something about says her. so. Yeah, I think something about her intrigued him. Yeah. It's not till she breaks his finger as, <laughs> as he's reaching through the bars to give her food or whatever it was that he's like, F this she's dead oh yeah so just real quick back to like when they first meet each other he's asking her name and she will not tell him she's like i'm just not she just is refusing to tell and then when she breaks his finger 
she says, Ellie. And he's like, what? And she's like, Ellie, tell him Ellie is the one that broke your effing finger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's hilarious. Yeah, that was a good line. That was a good yeah. line. By the way, word of advice to anyone in an apocalyptic setting, both from the first game and second game, don't tell anyone your name ever. No, 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 definitely. A lot of bad things can be avoided if you just don't be honest and say your real name or your name at all. I feel anyway. that way right now in real life. Just don't I, go by, I go by Matthew Red. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. That guy uh, sucks. <laughs> and then, of course, eventually, you know, Ellie breaks out and there's the boss fight that Derek talked about. Joel starts to make a recovery. The antibiotics kick in and he's able to get up. And and in his desperation to find Ellie, the adrenaline also kicks in and helps him kind of get moving. More and soldiers show up. And more soldiers show up and you got to kind of battle your way through with a weakened Joel. But Derek, tell me what, what it was about that section with Ellie and David. Was it the snow or was it the restaurant fight that you didn't really dig? Or both? Uh, I mean, there's parts of it I like, but overall, I found it to be the most infuriating part of the game. Um, just from a gameplay standpoint, it goes back to what you were saying, how they basically reboot you because you're like, you've built up Joel. Again, it's not a full-on RPG, but you still make him more powerful than how you started out with. You have more options as far as how you can kill enemies. With Ellie, you're bare bones, pretty much. I mean, she's yeah. got a couple of things that she can do. And they throw a lot of enemies at her. It's not like, you know, go in one area and there's two or three guys, hunt them down and stealth kill them. You're pretty much, you can stealth to a certain extent, but you have to be really good at stealth to, I think, go through that entire area without being seen. Um, because there's a ton of guys, and you're limited on ammo, so that was very difficult. Um, yeah, pretty much so, all they give you are the distraction items, which I used l quite liberally in that section to get through. Yeah. And you just basically you throw those items back towards the direction that you just came from to get them to go past you, and you try to find a good hiding spot, and then you move past them. I did have a couple of moments of getting spotted that were, I think, just kind of video game annoyances that were like, well, they had that character pop up there because I was in a, they have sections of this town. And as you hit a certain point, and I understand this is how the game has to be programmed. I get it. Then they kind of populate, right? The, you can tell the enemies kind of spawn basically. And there's a few moments that I was like, Oh my gosh, that it's because the game is designed the way it was. When I arrived there, they just kind of spawned right near me. And so that was pretty annoying. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's designed pretty smartly and you can get through with some distractions. And but... as you get closer to your end goal in that section, the snow gets even more annoying. Um, especially... It's stressful, right? The whole section. Especially when you take back over with Joel, it gets almost... I couldn't even see. Like, there, the last time I played it, I was like, I can't find where Ellie is. I, I, I was running in circles. I'm it's sure there's some... It's a giant building on fire. It's hard to miss. <laughs> Uh, I, the area I was in, I was not seeing anything. I, 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 I think actually, I saw the building. I couldn't figure out how to get in or something. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Well, but it's supposed to be disorienting, from... right? Because the snow yeah. is so heavy and, and yeah. like almost foggy. Um, I actually really like that that particular section. Just like when Joel's heading back into town, um, because he interrogated a couple of those guys to to find out where they took Ellie. Um, I just I actually really thought it was kind of different, especially compared to the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, sneaking around the town, um, having that sort of like haze, uh, foggy, yeah. snowy kind of mixture, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Well, there's a key moment there, too, that you realize that David and his crew, they're also just survivors. And yeah, yeah, there's clearly some kind of cannibalism going on, which gives them a creep and evil factor that people like Joel and Ellie don't have. Yeah. That, be- that being said, as they're trying to escape, you could hear David give someone instructions to take the kids and go hide in this certain building or whatever else. Like, the- It makes you kind of feel for a moment like, oh, I'm actually wreaking havoc in someone else's little civilization here. Like they are also just surviving, but there's a big moment at the end of the boss fight um, with David before Joel arrives where Ellie basically gets the better of him and then just starts demolishing his head. (laughs) Just like American psycho style. Yeah. Just hacking away. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's not her first kill, right? Earlier in the game, we talked yeah. about how she saved Joel and how he scolded her and all that kind of stuff. And and so she has killed before, Yeah. but this one's different. There's a, yeah. It was very personal. He was terrifying and, and trying to trick her and manipulate her, and she she just loses it. And she also shot that other those other people. Like, this was with this a machete. Different. Yeah, this yeah, is very... This was a machete. Yep, yep. Well, and he, at that time, when she turns on him, he was like about ready to kind of rape her is what the yeah he was very vibe yeah it was very predatory that final fight as he's trying to find her it was very he he makes a weird turn from like yeah yeah yeah. kind of more gentle maybe a weirdly kind of similar to joel in some ways but no it turns out he's not at all um but then after that they move into the next chapter and that moment has clearly affected her because and I love this. This is one of my favorite sections as well. It's the 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 um. It's changed from winter to spring, and you're arriving at this bus depot, um. And you're in Utah. I think you're in Salt Lake City, right? And um, yeah, and first of all, the visuals were gorgeous in this part too. It looked yeah. really really good. But as you're walking down this highway, you're getting closer and closer to the city, and you're exploring some RVs and stuff that are there. Joel is just in a great mood, right? Yeah, he just yeah, barely yeah. survived death, and he's just <laughs> chit chatting it up about how I'm gonna teach you guitar someday. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Like he's he's just in a good mood, and Ellie yeah. is zonked. Like she's just in a day. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, what do you guys think about that whole section of that flip between where usually it's Joel who's kind of brooding and quiet, and Ellie's poking and prodding for conversation, and now it's totally reversed. Well, that was so that him coming to. And realizing what she did for him because like i'm sure in his eyes like he was like when he woke up he was like wait i'm i'm not dead like how am i not dead um so obviously to him it's like this girl saved my life like that connection that they had been building slowly but still not fully like at this at that moment it, it's it's like completely tied together totally so he's he's fully in that headspace of like this is this is basically my daughter now like i definitely care very much about her yeah. and um, he ends up rescuing her too yeah well and i mean she saved herself but he still yeah, yeah. came and got her correct yeah. and then yeah that just you know she's in the headspace of like i just like viciously brutally murdered somebody i i watched the pieces of his face just flying off as i hacked him with a machete like that's gonna change a person like it is you know it's an interesting swap of joel who had what seemingly no levity and innocence left in him where it was yeah. like life is good and enjoying anything just yeah, yeah. dark and foreboding and don't trust anyone and ellie was still you know kind of that lighter hearted innocent making jokes and they've yeah. totally switched it seems like joel has found this new appreciation for life and he's got someone that he cares about to your point right. there too 
um, he's got something he cares about now and he cares about life a little more now. So now he's starting to think about happy things that could happen next and looking forward to the future. These aren't things he's been doing for a long time. And Ellie's the other way. It's like that innocence lost moment of, yeah, of this is the world we're in. This is what I have to do to survive. And I think it's just heavy. It's weighing heavy on it, which yeah. is interesting as they get to that bus depot section, the thing that snaps her out of it, because Joel keeps going, are you sure you're okay? You sure you're all right? And she's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like she, she's, it's very sad to see that she's just kind of out. And Joel's trying and there's no connection. Yeah. But what gets her to snap out of it is a herd of giraffes that are wandering yep. around, which is one of the cooler moments of the game. I think, Derek, you shared a screenshot of that as you replayed it. And you were like, just one of the coolest moments. And yeah. it really is. Most serene moment, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I'll be honest, I never felt anything for it like the first probably five times i played it i was like oh that's cool but this last time i think you know uh, you change i mean it's been five or six years since i played the game but like as i was playing it and i'm paying attention to the tone and the writing and all that stuff stuff i probably was just like oh this is a cool game now i'm like paying attention to it a little bit more i was like hey you know what this is like I get, I kind of get why people always praise this scene because this is such a dark, joyless, hopeless world. And here they are coming out of this, probably one of their most chaotic um, times of the, this entire journey with everything that happened with both Joel and Ellie in the last chapter. And here they are walking out and Ellie gets to see something she's never seen before. Yeah. And it's very bright and colorful and beautiful. And then like two seconds later, you walk in, you're back to, you know, yeah. back to reality. But it, is, it kind of restores some hope for her, which is really important. Like she needed that moment. Yeah, yeah. Sort of snap it's out of it. It's a moment of peace in a game that has no peace. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, then they take you right to the um kind of the underground tunnels and there's some swimming sections you have to go through and there's some pretty rushing water underneath in those tunnels and stuff like that that you have to go through and i actually found that to be one of the cooler kind of cut scenes yeah i guess you could say when you're you're trapped in the bus and ellie is like really going out putting everything on the line to help get out of there because she can't swim and and then has you desperately try to swim to find her and all that stuff and of course before you can figure out is she going to be okay you get knocked out by some soldiers that find you some of the firefly yeah he's trying to do cpr on her yeah for the firefly folks find you knock you out and the next thing you know you're talking to marlene who made it and uh i remember when i first played this i really did think she had died i was like there's no reason to believe she's alive she's been bleeding yeah. her gut for hours i know <laughs> um but marlene is alive very much alive and, and if you listen to the recordings or read the notes she had lost hope that yeah ellie were ever going to make it she just thought well there it goes there's our hope for humanity and now this is life this is it so in her mind them arriving is like this gift to humanity right they're they're here and this is where the game takes an interesting turn it could have made allowed you to make the choice as the player what you as joel when she lays it all out for you not only is ellie immune but we have figured out the process to create a vaccine from her, from the growth that's in her brain that yeah. it should have taken over and turned her into the affected, we're actually if we figure out a way to create a vaccine from the way that has, her brain has reacted to it. We just have to kill her to do it because we have to remove essentially remove her brain to yeah, do the thing. Kind of dissect it and reverse engineer the vaccine. Yeah. Yep. And the timing couldn't be worse. If if he had learned this when they first meet up with Tommy, he might 
not love it, but he might have let them do what they had to do. Maybe, right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. They hadn't really connected yet on this level, right? They yeah, hadn't yeah. the ranch house part yet or any of this other stuff with the lake house and all this. The university hadn't happened yet. So if he had this option way earlier when he was still trying to offload her, as we talked about with one of our previous entries here, I think he might have taken it. But now it's, he's past the point of no return. This is yeah. his daughter. For all intents and purposes, you're talking about sacrificing his daughter for the potential for a vaccine. And he doesn't see – he can't see anything past nah. be gone. Yeah, no. Nah. There's nothing beyond that. And as a dad, I get it. And even yeah. as a human being who knows how to love people, I get that. So I, in the game, especially the first time I played it, not knowing what was going to happen, when I heard it. I was like, no, don't let him kill her. Like my instinct was the same as his, which was yeah, yeah. stop this at all costs. Yeah, I wanted, which I wanted is to funny. Add, oh, go ahead. You start. Yeah, well, I wanted to ask you guys, because this has always been sort of a topic of, of converse, uh, debate. Like, is Joel... So once you finish the game and you think about it, is Joel actually the bad guy of this game? Because, like, really, the end game here is cure, save humanity. And this guy says, I don't think so. I'm going to save this one. I'm going to give you an answer now. But after we're done recording, I just want to talk to you guys for, like, 30 seconds after. Because I can't answer the way I want to answer without spoiling but i will say this um the the last of us uh, are i would say joel to me well he was already a villain let's be real (laughs) again it's that concept of whoever i'm controlling is good and everybody else is bad and this game and many others are doing it so i'm not going to sit here and say it's just naughty dog but they finally got into a place where it's like if you can take a step back and look at who you really are and all the actions you're taking and that's kind of to me what Naughty Dog kind of touches on in the first one. But again, without spoiling anything, in the second one, they full on unleash like blowing your mind on like, hey, these other people that you were effing with, they exist and they have feelings and they have family and they have reasons. Yeah. Um, so Joel was a bad guy. Well, that absolutely. Means, I mean, dude, he massacres everyone in that hospital. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, everyone. everyone. At the time the game launched, now I was going to say it differently than is he a bad guy or whatever. The other debate was what would you have done? Yes. Would you have let her die or would you have saved her? Would you have done what Joel did or would you, would, would you have uh, done the opposite? And there was a lot of people, and I didn't understand this at the time, that were like, Joel is a terrible person. I've got a middle-of-the-road answer for what I would have done, but you go ahead. But my answer is that I would have done what Joel did, and the reason why is not out of pure selfishness. It's because unless you can give me a 100% guarantee, I'm not going to let you kill somebody I love on a maybe. It's not happening. No, I 100% would have said, this is fine, but we need to wake her up and let her choose. Like, that's what what it would have been. It would have been a moment where at least get – let me say goodbye and let her mm. decide if she wants to do this or not. Because they didn't have to just keep now, her under. Do you think Ellie would have done it? I think she would have. I think she would have, and that would have been like her chance to make the choice, and then we get to say goodbye. And that would be why Joel would not allow her to make the choice. Correct. He, he knew – I think he knew deep down, and this is confirmed, of course, at the end of this game even, not even in, the, in part two, but it is there too. He knows what she would have done. 
he yeah. knows she would have said, of course, my my immunity. And he says this at the beginning of part two. She really desperately wanted her immunity to mean something. Yeah, yeah. And this is what it would have meant. It would have meant a potential vaccine and a cure for humanity. And even the potential would have been enough for her to yeah. go through this. So I don't know that I, I think I would have taken that middle road per, personally to be like, let me cause, let me talk to let me talk to them and see what they actually want to do here. Yeah. Because so, then at least I'd be able if I did kind of stand by and let it go on, at least I'd have that peace of mind knowing that this is what they wanted, not the imaginary they would have wanted to. So let's go ahead and let them die. That would have haunted me forever. Like if I had done nothing, that would have haunted me forever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Joel certainly is the villain at the end. And I felt that way at the end. I'm going through killing all these soldiers and then you get to the operating room and I've never felt more like the bad guy in that moment when you've got these, looks like a surgeon and two nurses or something, or two assistants and they're ready to do surgery and they're begging you, please don't do this. You know, she's the, the solution or whatever. And you kill them, kill all three of them. Kind of have to. At least well, you, you don't. You don't have to. You have to kill one of them. You have to shoot. I think you do have to shoot one of them. At least. You have to kill one. I think. You have to the kill two. the doctor. Yeah. The the well, the one holding the knife at you or the yeah. scalpel. Because and then the other two are just like the other two are cowering, sort of off to the yeah. side. I played around with what would happen. I just tried to like walk up to them and like I moved every direction I could and tried other things and yeah. there's really nothing you can do. You can't. There's not much you can do there. But um, um, anyway, Joel becomes the full on. Destroy everyone, kill everyone, villain, and that includes again. This is full spoilers, everybody. Well, hold on. Stand off with Marlene at the end, which I thought was brilliantly told at the end. Before you mention that, though, I wanted to play devil's advocate. Sure. I don't think Joel is necessarily a bad guy at the end there. Okay. Because he tries to say, "Hey, Marlene, like I don't know about this. I don't think so." They could have had discussion about it, like civilized human beings, but obviously this world is far gone from being civilized. So instead of just maybe trying to talk about it or kind of something yeah, somewhat normal, that, yeah, she pretty much just tells the the guy, the guard there, like, you need to escort him out of here. If he tries anything funny, you kill him. So, Which is, by the way, that whole thing was dumb. She should have kept him locked down in there until it was yeah. over. <laughs> but like... They they went all out too. They came out guns a blazing trying to stop this guy who was like, I don't know about this. I'm not cool with this. They could have they could have figured something out, had a discussion yet. You know, maybe wake Ellie up and like, hey, do you want to actually do this? So that's I mean, true. But the difference is on the one side you're fighting for what you truly believe is saving humanity. Sure. On the other side you're fighting for well the feelings you don't want to have if you lose another daughter. But you don't I know. If that's feel like they address like a lot of this in the second one. And I don't know if you guys are, are far enough in it, and I'm not spoiling it by saying this. I'm just saying that I think a lot of some, not not major questions, but these questions that we're kind of going over now, I feel like they are like, hey, let's just uh, let's just address them. If there's any like gray, let's let's make it black and white. And I I think they do a good job of of filling in I I guess potential gaps that I didn't when I was playing didn't feel like they were really gaps or yeah. major questions. It was kind of like, this is the narrative. This is story. I don't fully understand why Marlene did things, but then as you guys were even talking, you're like, well, you know, why did Marlene do this? Or why didn't, she, why didn't they wake Ellie up? Well, Marlene's not going to wake up Ellie and, and there's a reason behind it um, because she doesn't want there to be a choice. 
right. then Joel's not going to because he doesn't want there to be a choice. Yeah, Marlene's on a mission. Her mission is to yeah. save humanity. That's the only reason she's been pushing forward and really living, to be honest. So she has no interest in getting Ellie or Joel's opinion on this. Right. No. And, that's... and she talks about how Ellie's – she feels like Ellie's like a daughter to her because she knew yeah, the yeah, mom. Yeah. She knew Ellie's mom, and yeah. she's known Ellie since she was and a little Joel girl. is just an employee to her. Like yeah. he's just – Hey, I paid the delivery man to deliver this. You did the delivery. Now yes. walk away. That's why she was able to talk to him the way she did, because she was like, I don't need to explain myself to you. I well, don't also, need she knows how he has been for these many years. He's cold. He does not connect with people, and he doesn't usually flinch at loss of life. So yeah. I don't. I think the reason she approached him like she did and was also like, let's escort him out of here just in case. I don't think she thought he would do what he did. She had no idea yeah. of the connection that they built. That's true. Yeah. She wasn't aware of any of that. Yeah. So, well, I just again, it's a video game. It's but again, it's the, all morally. In the right. realm of reality, if she was thinking in reality terms, even if he was like, I'm gonna kill everybody, it's not possible. Well, it's obviously, not possible. Obviously. So it totally makes sense for her uh, to be like, wait a minute, it. you're saying I couldn't have done what I did with Joel? That's not cool. I could have done it. I could have done um, it. Yeah, I um, just I just wanted to throw that out there because again, it's all about the the yeah. gray morality and like really the, there I think there could have been a different approach to that situation and I don't think either one of them went about it uh, the good way, like a good per you know, being a good person. Well, what was interesting was uh, as they show him confront Marlene and then it jumps to him in the car with Ellie. And I love the way they did this where she's kind of asking what happened and then they're showing us what happened. And then you get to hear Joel kind of make that choice to lie. And he just makes up the story and basically says they ran some tests and essentially he tells her your immunity means nothing. They've had others who are awesome and it doesn't do anything like you're, yeah. there's no cure. There's no cure. And you know, you're not, you're not special, basically, is what he kind of has to tell her in order to, in his mind, to get her to... I think what he should have done, he kind of screwed up the lie. If I was going to critique anything, like, don't tell her that there's other people, multiple versions yeah. of you. Just simply say they ran the tests because she doesn't know she's going to die. They ran the tests and it, it was unsuccessful. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why he threw that in there. Yeah. I don't know. Or he could have made up a whole story about how they were just trying to kill them both, you know, like he, he, cause she was unconscious for pretty much that whole thing. Yeah. So he didn't have to tell her anything, but, um, but he did. And he made up that story and it's pretty clear from here. And by the way, the final chapter after that is essentially them returning to Jackson where Joel's brother, Tommy and his wife, Maria and all these other people live. They're going back to try to make a life for themselves in this, in this safe ish city called Jackson and the final chapter is just them talking about it. And you could tell she just – something feels off, She and she knows something's off. And she's just like – basically just says, swear to me, that's really what happened. That's essentially what she says at the end. And he's just like, yeah, that's what happened. And that's how Which the game you, ends. Yeah. Which you forgot. I don't know if you said – I didn't catch if you actually said what Marlene's fate was there, but – Oh, no, I didn't. It keeps flashing back to Marlene, and Joel eventually kills her. Shoots her right in the face. I thought it was the gut. Oh, and then he shoots her in the face after yes. that. Yes, because he says, you'll just, you'll just come after us. Yeah. She begs for her life. She's like, you don't have to do this. And he's like, you'll just, he goes, you'll just come after her. Bam. Yeah. Um, and again, from the father perspective, I get it. When you're just, your adrenaline's pumping and it's just survive, survive, survive and protect those I love. 
I understand. So Tim's that. done this before. This is his way of confessing <laughs> to us. I've killed a lot of people. Is what I'm trying. <laughs> That's how he collects his children. That's how um, the game ends. It's really, it's a really. Uh, doesn't go through adoption or anything. It's a bittersweet moment. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's a bittersweet moment because the two of them do make it out of this game safely. And especially when I first yeah. played it, I was like, "Ooh, one of them's gonna die, right? Maybe Joel's gonna sacrifice himself for her at the end somehow." They both survive, but it feel it doesn't feel like a happy ending at no. the end of this game. It's well, just like, "Ooh, something." W- was destroyed in their trust together because she still doesn't seem to totally believe him even though she says okay but it's like i'm choosing to accept what you're saying she's not paying attention to what he's saying she's paying attention to how he's saying it i was gonna ask ask you guys if you thought she knew in that moment like if she knows which i think think she knows that hey they had a cure and you saved me instead but i think she's not telling her everything right and she chooses to accept what for whatever reason he only wants me to think this and that at that moment at least she chooses to accept that which is why people praise the ending of that game so when they announce the second one everyone's like well what are you doing because you ended this perfectly like it was just like we're we're going up to you know this this hill here. There's Jackson. We're gonna live a normal life. We're just ending this that way. Like it's fine. So that's why some people wanted a sequel, but they wanted it to have nothing to do with yeah, Joel yeah. and Ellie. I yeah. will say this again. I haven't gotten to the end. I am completely fine with continuing the story, and I feel like again so far they've done a good job. I'm excited to finish it, see how it plays out. I hope it plays out good. And then that's probably the main thing I'm going to want to talk about when we talk spoilers is how they pieced everything together. What a, one and two. What a part three look like or some kind of continuation. Yeah. World, yeah. Um, but anyway, that wraps up our book club spoiler cast, essentially of the last of us part one, which by the way, that game is seven years old. And then even the remaster is. So six- do you guys want to just change the name of our podcast to like pony cast? Yeah, we could do that. We could just forget yes, Nintendo and Xbox and only talk. We're getting all this boring stuff out of the way. In July, Microsoft is going to knock our socks off with their awesome first-party reveals, right? Are they? Uh, Are they, though? No, it's just I mean, like a Gear 6 teaser and more Halo stuff. <laughs> oh, well. Better get my Fable 4, at least. Gross. Um, all right, well, that wraps us up for this Last of Us uh, book club. I had a lot of fun doing this again. We should, we should probably do something like this. Um, again, also, that wraps up our episode because it's getting late we got to start the week. You guys are going to be awful at your jobs tomorrow. So I should probably... I have right off, off so. tomorrow oh. to play The Last of Us 2. Okay. I'm off the whole week, so... All right. Well, I hate you both because I have to work a lot. <laughs> hey, you went on a vacation there, I right, did. Guys? Vacation, you're right. Some nice mountains. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. Please share the show with friends. Rate us on iTunes, all that good stuff. Help us get the word out and grow the, grow the show. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Boy, you are not ready. Pikachu! Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight.